Love. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode 18. Today we're speaking to a very special guest. Her name is Quinn Zader and she is the founder of Conversion Crimes. And we are going to be talking all things conversion rate optimization and user testing. Now, these things may be something that you haven't heard of yet in your e-commerce marketing journey, or you have, but it sounded way too overwhelming. So you ran the other way, which I totally get. When you've got a million things on your plate, lots of things can fall into the too hard basket. However, improving your conversion rate is one of the marketing strategies I get most excited about because when you know what's stopping your visitors from purchasing from you, fixing the problem is actually the easy part and it doesn't require more marketing and that is always a win in my books. So I'm super excited to speak to Quinn today. Um, Her business, Conversion Crimes, is an online tool designed to make user testing simple and easy for e-commerce business owners just like you. We chat about what conversion rate optimization means, some examples of the main conversion crimes Quinn sees, and how user testing works and how it can be one of the easiest ways for you to understand and fix the gaps in your website that's losing you customers. So it's a really good one. Listen in and let me know what you think. Hi, Queen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you today. We haven't had anyone with your expertise on the podcast yet, and it's really exciting to start talking about these extra uber nerdy things that gets me super excited. I love it. <laughs> um, so why don't you introduce yourself to us, tell us a little bit about where you are, what you do, and yeah. Yeah, so my name's Quinn Zeta, and I'm currently based in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I've actually been a digital nomad, I hate that word, but for like the last 10 years, um, traveling and running my business online. And when the pandemic happened, I happened to be in Playa del Carmen. So now it's my home. I just signed like a year lease. <laughs> that is um, so cool. Yeah. So I started out building websites for seven-figure businesses and helping them scale at my agency. And as part of that, we did a lot of research, conversion rate optimization, CRO, user experience, UX. And through all that, I kind of realized usability testing is the 80-20 of CRO. So I ended up closing the agency and building my software with a service. Yep. Cool. And so why don't we like set the scene for our lovely listeners and, and maybe talk a little bit about what customer rate optimization is and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So conversion rate optimization. Yeah. Conversion rate optimization or CRO is basically how many people you're converting to an action. So if you have a hundred visitors that come to your website and two of them buy, then you have a 2% conversion rate. 
And if you're able to convert more of those visitors to increase your conversion rate to like 4%, then you're actually getting four buyers instead of two buyers. So it's a really good way to make more out of the traffic you're getting. A lot of people think like, oh, I have to put more traffic into my store, like, you know, more SEO, more Facebook ads, like more all this stuff. But CRO is a great way to utilize and make the most of traffic you're getting. Yeah, right. And so... For a small business owner who is sort of still getting their head around, you know, the gazillion parts to an e-commerce business, and it's just one of the trickiest businesses to get into because there is so much learning to be done, where would you say to start? Like, what do you first need to understand? You know, what do you need to be looking for? Yeah. So the reason people come to your store is that they want to buy something. And, or they want to check something out or what have you, or they're trying to like solve a problem. And the easier you can make it for them to do that, to get to the end point, the more they're going to actually, more likely they are to actually purchase. So yeah, so there's just all kinds of little tweaks and stuff you could make to the website to kind of do that. And conversion rate optimization is kind of intimidating in a sense. Because there, everybody talks about A-B testing and Hotjar, like analytics, like having to go through like heat maps and like read all this data. And that can seem really overwhelming, especially for someone just starting out. And that's actually one of the reasons and inspirations behind creating conversion crimes, because conversion crimes, in a sense, is basically just watching someone use and experience your website for the first time. They literally record their screen while they go to your website and attempt to do a task. Like, what is your first impression of this website? Like, what do you think they sell? What do you think you can do here? Then can you find this specific product or find a product that meets these requirements or whatever? How are they doing that? Where are they looking for things? What questions do they have? Can they answer those questions? Can they go through the checkout and can they buy? And the best part about this is anybody can watch a video. Whereas like with analytics and some of this other stuff, like with A-B testing, you need a thousand conversions to get statistically significant results. Well, there are like a thousand conversions is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> And there's so many stores out there that don't have that. A lot of the CRO experts and stuff are really expensive. And even though there's like Hotjar, um, they have a free model. It's like, well, how do I read a heat map? How do I, you know, yeah. do all of these things? So yeah, I'm all about the 80-20 inefficiencies. Yeah, right. And so conversion crimes, because I don't think we mentioned that at the start. So conversion crimes is your business and it yeah. is a tool that e-commerce business owners, particularly small business and growing businesses, can use to track and read where these conversion crimes are happening. So <laughs> Maybe why don't you give us a few examples of some like really common conversion crimes? Yeah. So one of the like the biggest ones is actually kind of the easiest and the hardest to solve is people don't understand what you do or what you sell when they first land on the website. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I say this every day. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, they're using all sorts of like either jargon or they're using pictures from like collections. And then like the tester will think, um, oh, the store is about X when you're actually about like a lot of things. Right. And they just get 
a misinterpretation and then they leave. So you lost that customer because they thought your website was about backpacks when really you mm-hmm. sell like, you know, old school supplies or something, right? Or art supplies or whatever. And so that's one of the biggest ones. Another one is shipping. So stores, often it's hard to find shipping information. People want their packages on time or they're trying to get something for an event or a specific time frame, or before they're going on a trip or whatever reason they have. And so many stores like kind of make this information a little bit ambiguous. And that's another kind of sin. I've actually left sites and gone to other stores just for that reason alone. Yeah, absolutely. And even more so now, like it's it's probably less so than in the US, but Amazon, like the insane delivery capabilities that Amazon now has, you know, all, small businesses have to compete against that. So if you are being ambiguous with your shipping information or you know, if you are going to take a little bit longer, like I've got a client who's regionally based and she makes beautiful shoes and she's very clear with the fact that we only, you know, go to the post office three times a week or what have you. You know, if that's the case, then just communicate that clearly. Exactly. Like it's a big thing to manage the expectations. Like if you're clear about it, then it's fine, you know, but if you're ambiguous about it, people expect it to be different. And then they get upset because you didn't meet that. You didn't even know that they thought they were (laughs) thinking that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Let's see. What are the, the other big ones are product filtering and navigation. So people make their menus either like super gigantic And there's nothing wrong with making a super gigantic menu in the right context, but they have everything have the same, what I call volume. So Mm -hmm. there's visual hierarchy. So a heading would be larger and then the items under that heading would be smaller, right? So there's like a hierarchy to it. So a lot of times they just make everything the same size and volume on the menu. So they, and if there's 50 items on there, you have no way to like visually find quickly what you're looking for. And so people just skim, they miss things, that sort of thing. That's another big one. It feels like a lot of the time everything's shouting for your attention. So actually the human reaction is to read none of it. If it's too confusing, click away. Yeah. I heard somewhere the other day, I can't remember where, but it was, you know, don't try and do things too differently. If humans are going to read from left to right and top to bottom, just go with that. You know, you don't have to be fancy or reinvent the wheel because it might actually be shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Like people are accustomed to things being a certain way. And if you're going to break that convention, have a really good reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. And ba- or based on um, data or qualitative re- uh, research. Yeah, exactly. To add on about the menu stuff, I like to also progressively reveal information. So for example, if you go to a page and you have like 20 different things, right? Well, people aren't going to, it's hard to choose from that, right? And so if you could categorize those 20 things into like two things, make someone pick from the first two things, and then you like, okay, here's five more options. And they pick from the five Mm -hmm. and then they get like the other options. So you're having them make a smaller choice from fewer options and then get into more choices later on based on like, it's like choose your own adventure, right? And you're progressing okay. information to them. That's a very, I use that a lot in user experience design. So if you had like 30 different 
lunchbox designer designs you mainly show your best three top sellers on the homepage or something like that or uh more so it's like the way that you're filtering and categorizing them so maybe it's wooden lunchboxes versus metal lunchboxes rather than putting them all together do you want a wooden one do you want a oh, metal gotcha. one? right and, and then once you get that then it's like oh do you want like cartoon or you know like whatever the things are and then it's kind of like showing you things that way Yes, because I guess too much choice is another thing that can be overwhelming for our poor little human brains <laughs> before they they click away. Yeah, like one example that I use a lot is, you know, when you go to like a Chinese restaurant and they give this menu and it's got like 200 items on it and you're sitting there for like 20 minutes and you can literally not figure out what you want to eat. There's so many options. But then you go to like a nicer restaurant and they're like, okay, here's our seven entrees. Which one do you want? And you're like, mm-hmm. make a decision just like that. Whereas with the Chinese yes. menu, you're sitting there for like 30 minutes and you still don't know what you want and you still don't even know if you made the right decision. <laughs> like kind of yes. And also like this, I don't know what it would be, but I guess it would be the behavioral psychology or whatever that you think that the seven, because there's fewer of them, they're going to be of higher quality. Then if there's like a ton of options, you think, well, they mustn't, they can't all be good. So <laughs> exactly. I don't know, something there. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, one of my friends, he has a surveillance store. And so all of his competitors put like all of the options like for products and everything in his store is like, okay, for audio recorders, we have five options. We tested everything on the market and these are the top five. And here are the use cases why you would choose one over another. And that just makes it so much of a better experience than buyers. And that's good against the grain because you're you're making yeah. something easier for them to buy. Whereas if they've got a choice over 200, like I would never know how to choose from those. No. And that's adding value to your brand and your customer experience because it's we've done the hard work for you. So just, you know, focus mm-hmm. on these five. I love that. And while I think of it, because I see lots of interesting examples. How about pop-ups? So email subscriber pop-ups, what's your kind of thoughts around that and what that does to conversion rates? And Yeah. So in general, when you're doing testing, the testers hate it. They're always talking crap about pop-ups, Yeah, but I do say to kind of analyze why they're complaining about the pop-up. Because when you have a perfectly timed pop-up, it converts and Mm. you kind of have to ignore that advice a little bit because for the wrong person, they're going to be ignored for it. They're going to be annoyed by it, but for the right person, they're going to convert. So it's like, if you have pop-ups, that's like, it comes up five seconds when you're on the website or every time you go to a new page, a pop-up's coming up, like absolutely you need to fix that. Yeah. (laughs) Like that is annoying. But if somebody is shopping for, you know, 60, 90 seconds and they're on like a certain thing, you trigger a pop-up that's relevant to them and it's timed correctly, that's going to convert. Yes. Yeah. They're not all created equal. And uh, probably half of the people I chat to say, oh no, I hate pop-ups. They're so annoying. I always close them when I go to a website. So yeah, but they are, they're, like you said, they're effective for the right person. And it's probably the easiest, fastest, you know, quickest way to increase your email list and done right, you know, have a play with it just because you've done it once and it you've done it doesn't mean that you can't have a play with it and change it for a month and see what happens. You know, it's not just stuck there for good. 
Yeah. And actually like on that, one thing that helps pop-ups convert better, especially for email lists. And this is like a mistake that I see like so many e-commerce stores make is they're like, subscribe to our list. <laughs> and then that's it. Like, well, <laughs> why am I going to subscribe to your list? Like what value are going to add to me for subscribing? Yeah. Like, am I going to get a discounted coupon? Am I going to get to know your new product styles or whatever that's coming out before everyone else? Am I going to get like style tips or something? If you're a clothing store, like why am I signing up to this? So yeah, subscribe yeah. to my newsletter is not very convincing. No, it's an exchange. You need to show them what you're going to give them. And yes, there's 10% off and what have you, but it's beyond that as well, because you want the good quality subscribers. So if they're truly interested in your brand and they want styling tips, then then yeah, tell them because their email address is closely guarded for them. So you need to convince them to give it to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So how does conversion crimes work? Yeah. So at its core, it's having a tester in the demographic of the store. So let's say you're selling keto cake mixes or something. You know, so we would send testers that are familiar with the keto diet or have tried the keto diet before to your store. They would record their screen as they go through a set of tasks. So it's like a flow. Like, what's your first impression of this website? Find a brownie cake mix on this website. Answer this question about it, like how many calories or like whatever question. Usually we kind of ask them like in support, what questions are people, what are the most popular questions? And we'll have the tester see if they can answer that question, because then you can find out why people are asking that. Why can't they find that information on the website? Where are they looking? And then you can kind of understand where you should kind of move those things. And then we have them usually check out until they reach payment information. And then it, you, what you get is a video of this person's experience attempting to do all of these things in your store. So do they understand what it is? Do they actually trust your store? Would they trust it enough to give it their credit card? Could they find the products that met their needs? Could they answer the questions that met their needs? And were they able to actually add to cart and check out? We actually had a store one time find an error in their checkout and it like literally 10x their conversions overnight because it was just like they just found a bug that they didn't even know was happening. So that's kind of the core of usability testing is just understanding mm -hmm. someone's experience. And what this does is you're able to very clearly see the friction points that someone has. Where are they confused? Where did they have mismatched expectations? Where could they not find something and where did they try to look for it instead, right? And when you get this information, you can just make these tiny tweaks to your website to improve the experience. And over time, if you're making these kind of like low-hanging fruit, small changes, iterations, then you're going to improve your conversions over time. The user experience continue to, yeah, help people buy yeah. I love that. And I like how you're breaking it down because your particular niche is small to growing e-commerce business owners. And, you know, the whole usability and CRO and, you know, data and it's, it is, it's, it's kind of confusing. It feels very like, like, uh, you know, male dominated, overwhelming. Yeah. Like, so I'm picturing all my clients and my audience and they just would be too, way too confused or intimidated to do something like that. So your conversion crime is like an easier access to it. 
Exactly. Like anybody can watch a video. And the thing is, you like with some of this other stuff, you need like thousands or hundreds of data points and all of this. With yeah. usability testing, you just need five videos when you run a test. Mm. So five people will give you about 85% of the usability issues in a flow that you're testing, yeah. right? And because after that, it's the law of diminishing returns. They're, you're just going to have the same people or different people saying the same thing over and over again. So it's like, it's better instead of doing one test with 20 testers and get that statistical significance, it's better to run four tests with five testers and just continuing yeah. to make a test, view the videos, make changes, run another test. And it's just a way that you can kind of, I, I call it iteration, iterate to success. I really was inspired by Atomic Habits by James Clear, where he's like, just mm -hmm. get 1% better every day. And that's 37% at the end of the year improvement, right? Yeah. And I kind of think the same thing with this, whether it's not, it's not daily, but, you know, monthly, yeah. quarterly, like whatever the cadence is. Yes. And we were chatting, I think it was before we jumped on, but how it's not, you know, success in e-commerce isn't, is, you know, the myth is that we need to send more traffic and, you know, do more and be more busy. But it's these things, which I love in particular, which is optimizing what you already have. You know, it's not exactly. going to cost you necessarily more ad dollars or you don't need to hire a new team member or it's not going to add, you know, a new task necessarily to your weekly list. It's just fixing and, and fiddling with the, the bits and bobs that you've already got. And your website is probably the most important bit and bob you have <laughs> besides your product. Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, really exciting. And so how would someone, you know, sign up to it? How does it work? Yeah, so what I kind of found is I, what we said kind of before the call was that usability testing in general has been an enterprise tool for like bigger teams and kind of stuff like that. So what we've done is taken this tool and reimagined it and made it really simple. And one of the things that we found that was keeping a lot of people from getting started with usability testing was like, well, I don't know how to write a test. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what to do. So we actually, we created our software and then we added a service component to it. So we can actually, you can do the test, you can DIY it, you can learn how to write a test, you can write the test yourself and it's cheaper, or we can write the test for you and you watch the videos. So it's a little bit like done with you. And then we also mm -hmm. have it done for you where like, if you're just like short on time and you want the results, then we'll actually watch the videos and then make you a report saying, here's what we learned. Here's what we found. Here's like the 10 things you need to change on your store and hires how to fix them. And so, yeah, it's just as easy as going to conversion crimes and signing up. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> so exciting. I want to test it out right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everyone can kind of enter in at the place that they're at. It's super flexible. And you don't even have to run with five testers. If you're on a budget, you can just run with like three, you know? Yeah. Learn how to write yeah. the test yourself, which is actually, once you know how to do it, it's actually quite simple, but it's just one of those things like a barrier to getting started. Yes, definitely. And there's plenty of them in the e-commerce marketing journey. So it's great to see new businesses, especially female founded businesses, helping women break down those barriers and do things better to get better results rather than doing more things. Yeah. I'm all about the 80-20. 
kind of yeah. all about the 80-20. Like in my agency, we used to do all kinds of research and stuff for sites. And through all my experience, I just figured, that I just found that iterating, like consistently making changes over time and that usability testing was a really efficient way to get results from the traffic that you already have. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Mexico. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lisa. Great to connect with you. Yeah, awesome. Well, I will pop a link to Conversion Crimes in the show notes. And how else can listeners find you on Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, I'm Quinn Zeta on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere, LinkedIn, wherever you want to catch me. (laughs) Yeah, easy to find with a cool name like that. (laughs) thank you all right you take care all right ciao thanks for joining us this week on the e-commerce marketing society podcast make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future apps if you found value in today i would be forever grateful for a rating on itunes or if you just tell your biz friends about the podcast that would be great too if you'd like to learn more about me and my one-on-one six-month coaching program strategy to sales head over to my website www.lisaburn.com.au and be sure to tune in next week for more marketing goodness with lots of love and lots of sales i'll see you next week